many things in ministry you're going to do that you really don't feel like doing, but if you do them, you always feel better afterwards, and God will bless you for not relying upon your feelings, but just on, on your faithfulness. You want to be faithful to Him in season and out, whether you feel like it or whether you don't, you still do them. You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another bonus episode as we continue to dive deep into the book of Nehemiah. Today we're going to go over chapters 11 and 12 as they dedicate the wall. And they're just praising God for all that he's done. This is so important for us as leaders to give thanks to God, credit to God, and just celebrate his grace. You know, recently we did this as a church as we celebrated 10 years. And it's incredible to think about all that God has done, not only in our ministry, but your ministry. So I just want to thank you for listening. I pray this resource is a blessing to you. Thank you for serving God. As our audience has grown, it's been great being able to hear from so many different people. And I would love for this ministry to hit as many people as possible to encourage encourage and equip them, send out a text, throw it on social media, email a friend and let them know about this podcast. And please write a review. It actually really does help to spread the word. I'm working hard for season five with all new videos that are just great and amazing. But until then, uh, this is another conversation with my dad, Joe Williams. Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to another bonus episode. Today, we're going to be discussing Nehemiah chapter 11 and 12, the dedication of the wall, getting our questions and guidelines from that, uh, really, as we come together to learn more leadership principles with here, Pastor Joe Williams. Uh, We're getting to the end of the book, but we're also getting to the end of your vacation over here in sunny South Florida. And so we're walking through Nehemiah chapter 11 and 12 today. uh, And we would just want to take time to sort of, again, glean questions from this text. It's not necessarily expository teaching, but I'll give you some some context of the book and uh, give these questions to you at the same time I'm giving them to my dad as well. So uh, you've been doing a great job just answering uh, questions off the cuff. That's what ministry is, the overflow of your heart. And there's a lot of great things in there. So uh, today we're looking at how the people dedicate the wall. Remember, this wall was built in chapter six, 52 days. It was an incredible miracle. Nehemiah got that task to do. He shared the vision. He did the hard work. It said the people had the the hard work uh, and he asked God to strengthen his hands. And then now they're in sort of a revival mode. They're praising God and they're repenting of sin and hearing the word from Ezra. And so uh, they're taking time to recognize and to thank God for all that he's done. And I think right then and there, we should just stop and ask, how important is it, do you think, for us to practice giving thanks to God, especially after the project is done? We don't want to be like the 10 lepers, you know, you know, we want to give thanks, you know, uh, the work was done. It was no way those walls could be built in 52 days unless God was doing was doing the work through his people. Now, God didn't do the work for them. They had to sacrifice and they had to work. So God's not going to do everything for us. He will equip us and he will help us, but he won't do it for us. They still had to work. And they knew that this came from the Lord. They had all kinds of oppositions, but they overcame the oppositions. And now that the walls has been completed, they stop and they give praise and they give thanks to the Lord for what he has done. Many times we forget to do that. You know, when when God blesses us and, uh, you know, we forget to say thank you. We forget to say that sometimes because God really doesn't owe us anything, really. You know, uh, he could always find somebody else to do his work. 
So if you have an unthankful person, uh, just pray about that because that's, uh, God really wants us to recognize that, hey, without him, you know, we can do nothing. And we depend upon him, especially in ministry. Uh, when God blesses your church, uh, if he does a work in your church, make sure you tell him, you know, thank you for what you've done and give him the glory. Yeah, I think it's really important just to rejoice and thank God for everything he's done. I know it's a silly uh, cliche, maybe saying praise the Lord or thank God he gets all the glory, but it's important for us to do that. Yeah, you know, God has provided for us for 40 years and he's never really, you know, let us down. He's provided in ways that we never thought. When things were completely out of our control, then we saw him move more uh, when we we were just helpless in many ways, there was nothing we could do to control the situations, and we saw His hand, and and He was faithful, and He brought us through many trials. Uh, so I look back at that now, and I can just see His hand, how He was just uh, helping us through one situation after another. We prayed, we prayed for a church for twenty years, and after twenty years, we got our own building now, and. We haven't got to go in and set up chairs and take down chairs and set up sound and take down sound. It makes it a lot more easier when you have your own building. But we did it for 20 years and we just never gave up. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, we'd set up and we would take down, set up and take down. And uh, one day a building became available and we were, you know, we were able to buy it. And uh, we just give God all the glory for what he's done because we didn't really have the funds to do it. But God made it happen. So. Now we can rejoice and thank him for it. So these two chapters we see, uh, they're really, they give themselves to the Lord in three different ways. Uh, simple outline verses uh, one, chapter 11, all the way through uh, chapter 12 through 25, they move into the city and they give themselves to the Lord, to the work, to sacrifice. Remember the wall was built. So now people had to sacrifice to actually live in the city. The next thing we see in verses 26 through 42 in chapter 12 is they start singing. They start giving praise to the Lord and thanking him. So they're giving them their bodies as living sacrifices, Paul would say. They're opening their mouth and giving a sacrifice of worship. And then the end of the chapter, verse 43 and 47 of chapter 12, they serve in the temple and they gave gifts to the Lord. And so what I want to do is sort of look at just how they worship the Lord and learn from them. And the first thing that we see is the people gave themselves to the Lord. Uh, their thanks required sacrifice, right? Because they had to move into an unestablished city. And really they were um, the entrepreneurs, the the lead people going into a city that wasn't really built up and it required sacrifice. So how important is it uh, for us as leaders, especially servant leaders, when it comes to sacrifice and leading in the church, doing things that maybe uh, are a little inconvenient or that most people won't want to do. We as leaders need to say, yes, we're going to do that. How important is sacrifice? The ministry is, uh, it is sacrifice because a lot of things done behind the scenes that people don't really see. Most people, um, you know, they come to church and they go and they don't really know how a church is really run on the inside. You know, for example, the sound, someone's got to set that up. Someone's got to clean the church. You know, someone's got to uh, sit up the chairs and take the chairs down. That's sacrifice. Uh, but if people give their hearts to the Lord, people really don't mind doing it. But a church is run by people and God uses people to accomplish his work here on earth. 
So it don't matter what you do, it's, it's going to be a sacrifice. I mean, nothing is easy. Uh, ministry is not easy, as some, some people might say it is, but it's very rewarding. And if you will make that sacrifice, I know that's a word of the past, seems like. God will bless you for it. And you will see over the years, and you can look back, and you can see him directing you. But first, you have to give your heart to him. If he has your heart, then he has everything else. So, yes, it's sacrifice, and yes, it's work. But, you know, God is going to reward you on that day when you see him face to face. And let's let's dive a little bit deeper into that, because I think some people get confused about Christianity. Uh, you can be a foolish Christian, and you can be a wise Christian. Let's just go to the genre of Proverbs. Proverbs talks a lot about fools and people that are wise. Ephesians says we should be wise, knowing that time, being wise, and actually doing the work, and um, not be unwise. We should know the time and be filled with the Holy Spirit and continue to do that work. So let's talk about hard work and laziness a little bit. Uh, how have you seen church leaders, in a sense, be lazy, affect their leadership? How have you seen foolish leadership because people aren't willing to work hard? Well, some church leaders don't want to uh, really want to put the time in for studying. Uh, you know, they just don't put the effort in for preparing sermons. You know, if you're going to teach on a regular basis, it takes time and it takes sacrifice and it takes effort and it takes work. If you're going to be a leader in the church, you know, you have to watch your ministry very closely because some things in your church God might want to change and you want to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. But yes, sacrifice, I mean, a hard work in ministry is very rewarding, but um, if you keep on, keep on, keep on, keeping on, God will bless, he will help you. You're not in this all by yourself. And you know, you'll see his hand directing and guiding you. Even when you feel like you can't do it, uh, then God will give you the strength to do what you have to do in his own way, in his own time. Uh, seems like since I've been in ministry, nothing has really worked out the way I thought it would. But if God wants to change something, if something's not working, then, you know, we ought to we ought to, to yield to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit uh, build the church, not us. Yeah, I think that every time that foolishness is mentioned in Proverbs, it's more of a warning, uh, being lazy, not working hard. But then every time hard work is mentioned, it actually talks about there's honor and riches for those that work hard and the righteous and stuff. And even gives us illustrations in Proverbs about hard work. What about the benefit of working hard in ministry? What are some examples? Maybe about that ant. Uh, is that Proverbs what, six? Proverbs six. To consider the ways of the ant and be wise. Learn his ways. You know, he has no master telling him what to do, but he's, he's always planning. He's always working because he knows winter is coming. And, uh, you know, God shows a little ant. And to use as an illustration for us to learn from uh, just because we are Christians, it doesn't mean that we're supposed to be lazy. Uh, if you're working on a job, try to be the best employee that that uh, employer has. Don't be a lazy person. Uh, it's been my experience. Nothing has been easy. It's always took work and effort, sacrifice, uh, commitment, all those things to, to make to make things happen because they just don't happen all by themselves. And if God has uh, gifted you in ministry, then you continue to work at it to make it better and better. Yeah. And God really has called us to lead like him. He's the one that ultimately became a man, sacrificed uh, his kingship and deity. I mean, he was in heaven and didn't have to. But the Bible says, I think it's 2 Corinthians 
8 and 9 where he talks about how he was rich and he became poor for us. What are some things that that have been a sacrifice to you, but you didn't? It still didn't cause you to give up. You still went through it. Yes, it is. It is sacrifice. Getting up out of the bed, you know, at two o'clock in the morning, someone's in the hospital. You know, uh, a marriage problem. Uh, two o'clock in the morning, where you got to get out of the bed and go talk to a couple who might be having problems, or uh, you know, it's very. Sometimes it can. Sometimes it can be uh, inconvenient, uh, but that's all. It all comes with the territory. And I've talked to so many guys over the years. All they want to do is teach. They don't want to really get involved in the things like that. You know, uh, visiting people in hospital and doing funerals and stuff like that, and and counseling. And uh, sometimes parents have rebellious children. You got to meet with them and try to help them. It's a lot more to ministry than just teaching a Bible study. There's other things that you have to do that goes along with the calling. Well, Hebrews 13, 7 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. It's important as we talk about sacrifice and the reality of serving others, dying to ourselves, that we understand that it pleases God. How rewarding, how, how blessed have you been and honored have you been by just serving others in ministry? Well, you always get blessed. The Bible says, both blessed to give and to receive. So when you bless somebody anyway, if it's financially, uh, you know, sometimes people need maybe help around the house or, you know, sometimes we help people move. But if you help somebody, anytime you help someone, it seems like you get blessed the most. And, uh, and you know, I try to help as many people as I can because you never know because maybe one of these days I might need their help. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very rewarding to help people. And I, I try to tell our body to, I try to teach our body to minister to the body. If you see a need, if you can meet that need, then uh, it hasn't got to come to me at all. If you can do it, if you can meet that need, then do it. That's what I tell people. And these people in Nehemiah, they saw the need. They move in the city. They're making that sacrifice. And ultimately what you see is they feel blessed because they start singing and praising God. You see, God was blessing them and God wanted them to respond with praise, with singing. And so they're they're giving thanks. They're singing to the Lord. Verses 26 through 43 in chapter 12. Uh, they give praise to God. Uh, let me ask you this. How important is just singing and praising God in a service or just from scripture? What are some practical benefits that we see from Praising God, and just think about all the Psalms that talks about to praise the Lord. Praising God always going to build you up, you know, and encourage you. I, I don't know. Uh, you can do it through music, yeah, of course. But if you can just, you know, read the Scripture and edify yourself, that praise is that, that uh, really uh, you can praise God that way. But uh, you know, most Calvaries they sing before the before the teaching. Uh, we sing a lot of worship songs before. The pastor comes out and teaches the word. And, you know, many times, even before the pastor teaches, he uh, it just encourages you, even before you hear the message. So I think music is very, um, is very powerful. And I think the Holy Spirit can use music to really lift people's burdens on Sunday morning. What are some spiritual disciplines that are important for us as leaders, but that you don't really you don't really like doing? Because we're talking about sacrifice, right? It may not be a sacrifice for you to sing, but what is a spiritual discipline like one or two that you know that's good, know that's important, but it's a little bit harder for you to engage in? 
I guess in ministry, there's a lot of things you're going to do that you really don't enjoy doing, but they, they still got to be done. There's sometimes on Sunday mornings, you know, like everything goes wrong, but you still got to preach. Sometimes you get up and car maybe won't start. You still got to get to church or you might have a plumbing issue or whatever. On Sunday mornings, it's like sometimes Satan really tried to attack to distract you even before you before you teach. And many times you had a hard week. I mean, really hard week. And Sunday comes around and you're tired and you really uh, uh, don't want to don't really feel like teaching the word. And maybe you haven't had adequate time to to prepare your message but you still got to go out there and do the best you can with the time that you had, and but you still got to do it. So many, th- many things in ministry you're going to do that you really don't feel like doing, but if you do them, you always feel better afterwards, and God will bless you for, for uh, not relying upon your feelings, but just on, on your faithfulness. You want to be faithful to him in season and out. Whether you feel like it or whether you don't, you still do them. Yeah, and these people were having, obviously, the feelings. They were rejoicing. They'd seen God work. Um, But it didn't just stop with lip service. In this last section of chapter 12, we see the people, they gave gifts to the Lord. And so they were financially contributing uh, to give to God. And actually, they set up a system of giving to sustain and maintain the work of the Lord. How important is it for us to encourage people to follow the Lord with their finances, with tithes, with offerings, and the system to give unto the work of the Lord. Because sometimes people don't understand it takes finances and God uses finances to further the ministry and the work that needs to take place. Yeah, we play it down. You know, Calvary Chapels, we we don't talk about money a lot. Unless it comes up in the text, we really don't talk about it because we don't want people to think that we're trying to rip them off or take advantage of them financially. But it has to be talked about because uh, we say we want Jesus to be number one in our lives. That means number one in our finances also. And if you give to the Lord, let's think this is going to bless so many people. Uh, it takes The gospel is free, yes, but it takes money to take the gospel out, you know, in certain countries. It takes money. And, and I encourage people to give to the Lord, and uh, God is going to bless you for it. You're storing up treasures in heaven. I tell our people to be generous. I'm tr- I try to be generous, and uh, I, I never tell them to do something that I, I'm not willing to do myself. But that's the first thing, you know, my wife and I do. We give the Lord 10% of our finances uh, every 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 month, and and it always, and it always comes back. The bills are always paid, and we haven't really done without anything. Most of the people in our, in my church, anyway, that are not given to the Lord, they having severe financial problems. It seems like those that are given are not. So, but you know, Jesus doesn't want our money, but it, it does cost money in, in, to to run a ministry. Uh, the ministry has bills. Uh, they got to pay rent and all that. And I think people should know and be to be encouraged to, to be encouraged to give because a ministry can't run without financial support. It's impossible. Yeah. And Proverbs 3, 9 says that we can honor the Lord with our wealth and first fruits. And so when we give God our finances, it's again, 
It not only helps people practically and advances the ministry in the kingdom of God, but it's actually a way of worship. And I think people need to understand it's a, it's a thing of faith that we trust God to give him a tenth or even more or whatever it may be, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. We're not to give compulsively or uh, under obligation, but because it's a benefit of our heart and we've been saved, just as God gave his only son, he's a generous God. We actually walk in unity with God when we're being generous as well with our finances, with our time, with our words, because we're made in the image of God. And so as God sanctifies us and we get closer to God, we should be more and more generous, growing in that. I think it's 2 Corinthians 8, it talks about just as you excel in faith and in all these things, it, he says, excel in this act of grace too, of giving. And so it's important. So how have you seen some, um, just the generosity of people advance the kingdom? Well, you know, yes, we built wells in Kenya. You know, we have built wells in Kenya. We've, uh, we've sent missionaries to uh, Afghanistan. We've sent missionaries to uh, Morocco. We've sent missionaries to Kenya. Uh, and our church is small. We, our church is only about 50 people, but we give about 12 or maybe 15% even to missions. And God always uh, blesses that. It always comes back to us, and we uh, we just give out more. We just give it to people who really in need. As Billy Graham said, if 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 a, if a Christian, if the Christians in America would just give ten percent, it would be enough money to take the gospel around the world. If they would just give ten percent, uh, a lot of people think that well, that's being legalistic. Ten percent, you know, that went out with the apostles. You know, tithing you can't prove in the New Testament. They say. In Malachi, you know, chapter 3, you know, talks about with a man rob God and all that. That was back in the Old Testament, but it's not meant for the New Testament. But true, true tithers don't even look at it like that. I tell them, well, if you don't want to give 10, start with 3. And then work your way up to 5. Then work your way up to 7, up to 10. But, you know, God, and I tell them, if your heart is not in it, really don't give anything. Because the Bible said God loves a cheerful giver. And if, if your heart is not in it, don't want to give any anything to the church, that is just fine. It's not hurting me because I really don't need it. Uh, our church, uh, we're out of debt, and we keep our overhead low. We don't buy things that we don't need. But if a person really uh, knows the value of what money can do, because there's nothing wrong with money. The Bible says the lover of money is the root of all kinds of evil. There's nothing wrong with money itself because money can do a lot of good, and money can help a lot of people. You know, I wish I did have a lot of money. If I did, I would help a lot of people in need. I wouldn't spend it all on myself. So I'm always blessed. I'm always blessed every month when I can tithe and give to the Lord. And uh, I, I give the Lord 10. I can live on 90. And he always blesses that 90. And he can stretch it even further, that 90%. That's how I do it. Yeah, and I think it's important when we talk about tithing and giving and being generous uh, Jesus' words to the rich young ruler are the fool. Uh, he said, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And so we can't just live for these things of the temporary and, are, um, and expect to be even leaders. I think as leaders, we should set the pace and show people, hey, it's good to sacrifice these possessions. It's actually not a sacrifice. It's more of an investment. The rewards you're going to get in heaven for all eternity is way better than if you have something temporary. And so this whole chapter is about consecration. It's about sacrifice to the Lord. I guess uh, 
just to close this last uh, chapter 11 and, and 12 bonus episode, uh, what thoughts do you have just about the subject of that, about just sacrificing to the Lord? And as we sacrifice the subject of praising God, being thankful for the opportunity that we actually get to give, we get to sacrifice. That's what the gospel says. Not we have to, but we get to now love and respond God by serving him. What are your thoughts and final thoughts on that? The Bible, the Bible said we should give our lives as a living sacrifice, you know, and that entails a lot of things. If God has your life, basically, you know, he has everything else. Uh, if he has your heart, he has everything else. So don't don't be afraid. Some people say, well, they're afraid. They are, you know, they're afraid if they gave to the Lord and if, if they sacrifice, then they believe that their needs won't be met uh, they believe that they won't be able to pay their rent, that they won't be able to pay their bills. And I think it's the, the opposite. I think if you give to the Lord, I think God will help you uh, pay your bills. And that's what he's always done with us. So it's always good to give because it's just a great feeling because you know that uh, you are storing up treasures in heaven and God is not going to be in your debt and he's going to reward you for what you do. So if you just give it a try, you'll see his hand and you'll see his blessings begin to come your way. And we're not given to get because we don't deserve anything, but he will bless us if we're obedient and be generous to people. God, thank God blesses us so we can bless others. Well, I know I have found that to be true. The Bible says, he who refreshes those will himself be refreshed. And I've been so encouraged, so blessed by being able to lead this ministry of encouraging and equipping church leaders. As I've seen the audience grow, it's been so encouraging to see the back end stories and be able to pour more time, more energy into real life church leaders like yourself. So I appreciate you being so generous with your time, listening to the end. And listen, I want to give more time and energy into coaching and helping you all, not only with the Leadership Lessons podcast, but I started a Patreon page where I'm giving resources for a low monthly subscription. You can get behind the scenes interviews, things like this last month, a church planning interview with my good friend, Pilgrim Benham. I also gave a church planning manual away, uh, trying to create a cultivate a community where we can discuss these things. I gave a devotional that my wife wrote away. I'm giving some digital assets, Photoshop files for mailers, door hangers, prayer cards. These were all resources actually given away to those that subscribe to my Patreon page. And hopefully it will actually turn into something where we can actually talk one-on-one and I can help and be more of assistance to you. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We only have one more bonus episode on Nehemiah and then another final bonus episode with my dad preaching the word. I'm excited to bring this content to you. And in March, the first week of March, we're starting our new season, season five, full of fresh episodes, fresh content. We're building our YouTube page, our website content to be going out in March, and it's going to be amazing. Thanks guys so much for listening. I appreciate you. Love you. And if I could be of any service, feel free to reach out to me. It's daniel at eeleaders.com. God bless you guys.